0: blog talk radio
1: welcome ladies and gentlemen to the south bay show manhattan beach chamber 360 on june 12th 2020 live love laugh and leave a legacy that's what we do here in the south bay of los angeles and it's a beautiful place to do just that joe terry and you can read all about our many adventures on facebook at facebook.com forward slash the south bay show persistence passion principle and purpose this is what we talk about here on the south bay show joining us as co-host the president and ceo of the manhattan beach chamber kelly stroman and of course with us because of our great partnership with South Bay by Jackie dot com, and executive producer of the South Bay Show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie Kelly. How are you today?
2: I am well. I'm
3: I'm 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 well. Hi, cals Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good morning. Hello, and happy Friday. Happy, happy Friday. Joe, <laughs> so, it
1: is truly yes. I have uh, an Kelly?
3: observation. Well, I, I, yeah, is an observation. Can you have an observation with your ears? Because um, usually you have an observation with your eyes. But um, I, yeah. I hear in your voice, um, your voice is deeper. It sounds very, um, <laughs> it sounds very official and very deep. Uh, it's 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 a different Joe voice this morning. Uh, do you tell the, what's going it, on? It, it,
2: it's very scholarly, isn't it?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, it is. I I will have to say that. I want to officially establish that uh teaching, the teaching profession is one of the most sacred and difficult professions <laughs> out there. Uh teachers are not paid nearly enough. I'm I'm now teaching four classes a day, Monday through Thursday of young students, 12 uh to down to as as young as 6 6 years old and I'm teaching them how to code, uh, uh, computer programs. And, uh, it's, it's difficult. And I'm not telling, I'm not saying the kids are difficult. They're wonderful in general. They're, they're very wonderful. It's just difficult moving forward, answering questions, moving forward, answering questions, looking at code and, and keeping it all on, on time. <sighs> Um, it's good that I don't have a class today. <laughs> no,
3: <laughs> and, you're, and you're doing it all over Zoom. So even though it's a yeah. computer tech class, you're doing it all over Zoom, which, you know, we talked about this months ago when all this chaos started, Zoom fatigue is a real thing right. because <coughs> the social cues, the eyes, the fidget, you know, so people are staring into the camera, but they're not really looking at you. They're looking off at one part of their computer, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. it, that's it's mm-hmm. a real psychological thing. So not only are you yeah. teaching for classes and young minds and coding, which I, I can't leave, that's, a, that's just complete foreign language to me. So I have utmost respect for you, Joe, but you're doing it <laughs> too. And so it, it's not easy.
1: I I have to give a shout out to my company. I I really respect them a great deal. They were we had a good mention about a, a week and a half ago, in the uh, in the uh, I think it was oh my god it wasn't the New York Post. It was like the the some some the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, the Wall Street Journal. Mm-hmm. Code nice. Wizards HQ dot com. Code, code nice. Wizards HQ dot com. Very cool. So. Well, it's opening. Kelly, they're opening everywhere.
3: <laughs>
1: it's opening the
3: floodgates are open almost everywhere, not quite.
1: Yeah. Um yeah. okay.
3: Yes. Yeah. So, you know, um everything pretty much except for <laughs> nail salons, practical mm-hmm. services, movie yeah, theaters, yeah. you know. It's like uh and Dante don drum roll please. And 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 um, the Manhattan Beach Pier is still you know locked up, and um, and there are a few other things too that aren't open yet, but uh, we're getting there. Gosh, it's like you know, it's like it's like a little pressure valve that's releases a little bit more and a little bit more. This was a pretty big week, there was quite a few things, but uh, and then in Manhattan Beach, I don't know if you've heard, but on Tuesday night, um, we had another conversation about um, you know creating outdoor dining decks uh, particularly in mm. downtown Manhattan Beach um, any other parts of town can do it but that's where the focus and um, City Council approved it five zero after this is probably the third or fourth conversation regarding it but several of the restaurants in downtown Manhattan Beach are going to be um, building like little platforms outside of the restaurant in the parking spots around um, kind of in front of their restaurant, (laughs) and they'll become little dining platforms that um, extra tables and chairs can be put on. Of course, they'll all be – ADA compliant, they will be COVID-19 social distancing compliant, all those things. Mm -hmm. Um, There will be, you know, K-rails around them to protect, you know, from um, any cars or what have you. But it's all in the vein of extending the footprint of the restaurants, which can only operate with 60% seating and capacity. Uh, That's part of the protocols for reopening a restaurant in Los Angeles (coughs) County. So this is an effort to... um, you know extend that footprint and also obviously uh to enjoy outdoor dining in you know in our beautiful area, so you're gonna see a lot of those popping up maybe today they'll start if not definitely next week there was um three or four restaurants that were ready to rock and roll pretty much uh with all their permits and everything but uh definitely by this time next Friday, you should see quite a few of those dining um little dinette parkettes, whatever you want to call them and Everything is mm-hmm. still a reservation with all the restaurants. You can't just walk up and sit down in one of these. You've got to make a reservation um, and full service, including alcohol, because um, the Department of ABC has kind of um, loosened, you know, the requirements on um, alcohol serving during this time, too. So <clears throat> very okay. exciting. Okay. Uh, gyms are reopening, all the Pilates, you know, yoga studios, um, large and small, of course, there's you know a lot of protocol to follow uh safe practices and and again I want to remind anybody who is listening that just because uh they've been given the green light to now open by the county which is you know kind of kind of the final say that you know the state says uh, says one thing okay you can open and then the county makes it a little more restrictive and um, usually holds on and opens maybe a week or two later um all for good reasons um not everybody always opens their doors immediately so you know if Uh you're all excited and you think you're going to be able to take a yoga class in person tomorrow or your pilates or your spin class whatever please check with your favorite business to uh, see if they're they are in fact open Um, it takes a while um, to fulfill all the protocol and like i said sometimes the county delivers a little bit stricter protocols and adds a few more things on than what the um, state had put out so um it's exciting again we're moving in the right direction um but I do right. also want to point out that you know we can't we can't ignore that we're still in a pandemic folks and there uh-huh. are still you know active cases um all over the cases you know are are rising in many parts of the country and in and and we still have to be really careful and really safe. And I think the, all the gorgeous weather we're experiencing um, is a little bit of a, a false uh, positive in a way. That's probably not the right term right now to use, but um, it mm-hmm. is, you know, you kind of feel healthy again, right? The sun's out. It's pretty. You want to go ride on the strand. You want to go play on the beach. You, you want to go sit on that outdoor dining, you know, patio at your favorite restaurant. And the reality is um, You know, coronavirus is still with us. It's still everywhere, and we need to be careful. So really continue to um, ask people to wear those facial coverings in public. Um, Be respectful of of the people around you, and um, really make an effort, you know, to do this right because the last thing we want is to have to shut down things again. That would just be devastating. And I don't know if you saw the news last night or early this morning, but Houston Is having a major problem and they are considering shutting things down again or curbing. And I mean, God forbid that happens, you know, it's been 90 days Mm. of closure and then kind of 10 days Mm. affected by all the rallies and the riots and everything too. But, you know, it's been 90 days and we just, you know, can't, I don't think these small business owners can go through another shutdown and survive long-term. So, you know, just reminding people, let's, I, I know we're all antsy, you know, but we got to remember that this is not over yet. And we're, you know, we're we're in it to win it. We're in it for the long haul here, not uh, for the short term. Mm-hmm. So, um,
2: so Kelly, so, Kelly, mm-hmm. I have to tell you, speaking of uh, dining, my husband and I went out for dinner to dine in at a restaurant uh, mm-hmm. Wednesday night. It, uh, mm-hmm. A couple friend of ours, very good friends of ours. It was her birthday. And, um, the four of us went out for dinner. I was giddy. I was like, I was like a little kid. I was so excited to be out. I, I haven't, I haven't dined out in, in almost four months. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. So the, the 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 server came over to the table, and I was like, "Hi! This is the first time I've been out in almost four months." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I I honestly think she was just as happy to see me as I was to see her. So uh, right. that that was very very exciting. It was very exciting. I was I was I was thrilled to get out. I can't wait to do it again.
3: Well, you know, it's, it's funny you ask that because I had my first lunch meeting uh, in three months today, or uh, not today, um, two days ago, and uh, it's with actually with a doctor uh, who has started um, a really cool. Uh, it's called health star technologies. It's, um, uh, it's a a teledoc, but it takes it to the next level with concierge medicine and um, Mm -hmm. and health and wellness programs also. And he just joined the chamber and he was uh, in the area and he's like, "Um, let's, you know, I'd like to meet you for lunch and let's, you know, talk about, you know, how we can partner and help each other. And so I said, okay. And he's like, well, but at an outdoor restaurant. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, we can Mm -hmm. do that. So I, I, you know, I gave him the choices of outdoor dining. And and he chose um, Ocean View Cafe, which is right by Uncle Bill's, uh, all outdoor yeah. seating. And and I, you know, I walked over and I'm thinking, okay, I had my mask on. I'm thinking, okay, this is a, doc, a medical professional, right? Um, uh-huh. You know, he's mm-hmm. going to come with, you know, the hazmat suit on <laughs> for lunch, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and this is and not knowing, right? Because I, I know the servers have to wear masks and everything. But, you know, I was prepared and being respectful of, you know, so even sitting at the table, perhaps even wearing a mask until we ate or something. I was I was just ready because you have to you have to consider you know your your the people around you and the guests too. He walks up, you know, no mask, uh, shakes my hand, which oh, kind of say how good it felt to shake a hand. Like I miss that too. I, I miss shaking hands and hugging and all that's been taken away mm-hmm. from us, you know, um, through this whole crisis. So it was really refreshing, and you know, I, I quickly you know took slid my mask down to my neck and and kind of felt silly, but um. And Anyways, it was it's it, you know it's we're all navigating this craziness and every situation mm-hmm. is different too. But yeah, I agree, Jackie. It felt really good to get back out into a restaurant and have not, not only the social but to be served and to enjoy some good, beautiful, delicious restaurant food too. Um,
2: yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't I haven't graduated to shaking hands or hugging yet. Um, so <laughs> I haven't mm-hmm. I have done that yet. But that that I don't I don't know if that'll be next. I don't know if that'll be next. I, I, well, I, I, I'm just yeah. fine. You know, standing six feet away from people and having a conversation, I'm good with it. I, I, I haven't <laughs> had that yet, so.
3: I agree. It oh. took me off guard, and I was happy to I didn't go oblige. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I shook sure hands. Uh, but hey, you just you mentioned the graduation word. You said you haven't graduated yet, which was a perfect layup uh, for the next thing that I want to mention. Is last night, yesterday afternoon, Miracosta High School here in Manhattan Beach had their class of 2020 graduation ceremony. Yes. Yes. And it yes. was it was the longest ceremony in history of the school eight hours because they had to oh my god um, they had to do all the um the one by one and social distance and everything um, usually it's only a couple hours and it was eight hours but the school and the district was fully committed to giving these kids and the parents you know a, a chance to experience the graduation and oh, then wait, they,
2: did it, they did it in person they didn't do it on zoom they did it in person correct
3: And it was one person at a time walking across, like, the field. Yep. I mean, yeah, yeah. in the, the parent's car could drive around the track. It was I, – I I wasn't there. I saw a lot of the directions. I know people who did graduate. Um, but it took eight hours to, to do it right. And, by the way, this is one of the largest classes that's ever graduated because they kind of come out of the bubble years. Um, uh, uh, the kids that were born, like, in 2000 and 2001. Um, so the, these are these bubble years where these class sizes are really large. So uh, – um, it, it was quite interesting, but what happened after that is was a first and extraordinary, and I predict it will happen every year now, um, regardless of whatever situation we are in. Um, all the Costa mm-hmm. graduates met at the Hermosa Pier and Pier Plaza, and then they marched to the Manhattan Pier. Because remember, MiraCosta High School, even though it's in right. Manhattan Beach, it, it serves Hermosa and Manhattan. So they met at the Mm -hmm. Hermosa Pier, Mm -hmm. marched the Strand all the way up to the Manhattan Pier, and you had, Mm -hmm. you know, literally a herd of 700 kids uh, in their cap and gown and in all their lays and all their stuff, all their signs, marching. The the pictures and the videos are phenomenal. Uh, And I beg I say, or dare I say, that they looked – so happy, and it was, you know, it wasn't the ceremony on the field, um, but they almost looked happier, (laughs) and I don't want to be successful (laughs) to anybody who who likes the pompous circumstance of the ceremony, but it was profound, and smiles all around, uh, marching on the strand, and then when they got to the Manhattan Pier, whoever was left, I think some peeled off you know, onto beaches here and there and homes and alleys and everything. But the majority of them landed at the Manhattan Beach pier and they did the cap toss, you know, throw the cap up in the air um, at the Uh base Mm -hmm. of the pier. So very special. And another good example of, you know, if you're served lemons, make lemonade, right. Um, It was um, really, really cool. And I hope, I hope it happens every year because it was amazing to see this big, huge procession, you know, and I mean, it's, so Manhattan Hermosa Beach, it's our strand, it's our peers. Why haven't right, we done this before? Right. You know, it's kind of what I was thinking. Mm. It was like, this is, is iconic. Yeah.
2: Wow. It is the beach. It is. We do live at the beach, right? Uh, we live at
3: the and, beach and uh, we have two great peers.
2: Yes. Yes. Which we hope will soon be open. Right. Yes. <laughs> Maybe we can talk to <laughs> a guest about that. Maybe she can make it happen.
3: Yes, talk about all the real (laughs) fears, and, you know, what what employees, you know, have to do, what employers have to do. Um, We we can never talk about this too much right now. The questions, you know, keep coming, and um, I am excited to have our guests on the show today.
1: All right. Shall we get to it, Joe? Well, let's do it, Jackie. Who's our guest today? Okay, our guest this
2: morning is attorney Lynn Hook. Lynn has been advising and defending employers in employment law matters for over 25 years. She counsels human resources and operations professionals on the legal aspects of employee policies and conducts training and workplace investigations. She has her own practice right here in Manhattan Beach called Employer Lawyer PC. Now, Lynn received her B.A. cum laude in philosophy and political science at USC. Then went on to complete her J.D. of law at Notre Dame School uh, Law School. In her spare time, Lynn volunteers extensively for American Martyrs Church, the National Charity League, and St. Francis. Uh, is that Xavier Cabrini Catholic School? Uh, yes. Yeah. Or. St. Francis. Okay. Okay. Uh, yes, I, I went to 12 years of Catholic school. <laughs> uh, the, corona, the coronavirus pandemic uh, has created new hurdles with regard to employment law. And this morning, our guest will give us some pointers on how to navigate this brave new world. Welcome to the program, Lynn. We're so glad you could join us this morning.
1: Well, thank
0: you for having me. I'm happy to be here.
1: We, we're thrilled to have you because we we are... Opening, many, many uh, different aspects of society are opening. Uh, there are still difficulties along the way. Um, you know, obviously, uh, everyone's heard that, that there are rising cases of, of, of uh, COVID 19 in some places, and uh, the healthcare system will have to endure, but keeping our, our economies closed um, is not possible. And if there should be cases uh, because of that, there will have to be cases because of that, because we can't keep our economies closed. But, Lynn, Chairman of the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, is on record now, just a few days ago, from having said that there may be perhaps hundreds of thousands, if not more, businesses that simply will not open, um, those mm-hmm. jobs won't come back. Um, so those that do, um, I think, uh, there was a, a piece on the news, uh, last night about a major, uh, um, global real estate company, um, um, Cushfield and Wake, they're going to be opening, but only at mm-hmm. 25% capacity.
2: What? Joe, that what? would be, Joe, how? Joe, that would be Cushman, Cushman and Wakefield. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Cushman and Wakefield. Cushman and Wakefield. How do you, <laughs> I, uh, how do you, sorry, Jackie. <laughs>
2: no, I, was just, like, I was just, I was just going to say that's where I, that's where I started there, my real estate. Well, I started, I started, that was my first job. I started working at Cushman and Wakefield in what? New York.
1: So I know it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But... <laughs> how can a company, global company like Cushman and Wakefield open at twenty five percent capacity and going to go how is this going to work and 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 they are signing NDAs and they are signing waivers, just like Jackie alluded to earlier uh, what's going on Lynn <laughs> well, those are very
0: good questions um, you know I will say that California is the most complicated state to do business anyway, and so layering all of this on top of a myriad of employment laws that we already have in the state makes this for a very, very difficult environment. So any employer that's feeling overwhelmed right now and confused uh, is certainly not alone. The good news is there are a lot of resources out there on the Internet uh, from government agencies giving direction, more than I've ever seen in the past. Um, Like I said, I've been doing this 25 years, and we've never seen anything like this We've never seen such a bizarre and complicated and uh, fright-filled work environment, Fr- you know, fright that people may not be returned to work, that their businesses may not resume, employees not sure where, what's to come, unemployment, um, the federal extension will be running out at the end of July, at least at the moment. Um So, so much unknown and very confusing, and it is really important that employers take the time to think about what the best path is towards uh, resuming their business operations. And like you said, a lot of large businesses are going down the path of, uh, we are going to return to work in phases, which is part of the White House guidance on opening America. Um, So I guess my first point would be, Just like all other employment laws in our country, which many people don't realize because it is, again, a complicated web of of laws, just as we follow federal law first, then state, then county, then local, whenever it comes to discrimination, uh, wage and hour, whatever it might be, the most restrictive and protective law will be the one you follow. So first, I recommend employers look at the White House guidance because they have an Opening America plan. And then they say they want employers to continue to encourage telework whenever possible. Don't bring your employees back into the office if you can afford to allow them to stay working from home. That is the safest method at the moment, particularly like you're saying, um, there's a lot of hot spots in this country where the virus is unfortunately either regaining ground. um, You know, even the LA County numbers are slightly creeping up again. So we all have to recognize that working from home is the safest option, but working from home doesn't work when you run a business or a a beautiful shop in downtown Manhattan beach. So we have to balance all of those um, necessities. Uh, So follow the guidance from the federal, from the white house, from the CDC down to our state executive orders. Obviously the county orders are probably most applicable here. Um, They have very clear protocols that have to be posted in the window of a retail establishment or a manufacturing establishment where the employer must go through and fill in the blanks and the check the boxes about all of the things they have done to ensure a safe reopening. And then we have the city ordinances. So the city of Manhattan Beach has the right to pass certain local rules that also impact how this happens. So like you mentioned, the city is clamoring to open up the pier. Well, officially that's a county movement Um, that's not out within the realm of employment law, but it gives you an example of where even though a city might want to take certain actions, if the county or the state has restricted those actions, we have to respect that higher law.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I am just at a loss at this point to to try to navigate the the different rules and regulations i mean it's normally as you said california's a a complicated state in which to do business and now it's doubly complicated i just don't know how businesses can navigate this efficiently kelly i i, I just wonder where the the questions must be coming from to the chamber <laughs>
3: Uh, the questions good question joe um the questions are coming from everywhere every angle i mean we we speak with um the entrepreneur the you know the the larger employers we have employees calling us um we have residents calling us going i walked you know by a business and they're not doing what they should be doing you know who who can we tell i mean we have it coming Mm. from every every direction um Good news is right. everybody's astute and they're trying to be a part of this. So, um, one, you know, I think the the leading questions that I'm still getting, even as we're still reopening, but some of these sectors have have been open for now a few weeks, or so, is you know the responsibility of the employer. Um, hmm. You know, what do they have to provide to the employees, um, and if um, Here's a question, Lynn. If yes. an employee does not want to wear a facial covering, and not for a health reason, they simply yes. don't, you know, don't want to wear it. Can the employer, you know, make them wear it, or send them home without pay, or, you know, what? Because um, we're 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 seeing and hearing some of that, especially as the uh, temperature is getting a little hotter, not all businesses have uh, air conditioning, You know, they're like, I don't wanna wear a facial covering. So yeah. what, what's the best way to handle that?
0: Yeah, it's true. Um, the employer is going to have to set up protocols. They're going to have to follow the county um, uh, explanations that are put out. They're going to have to, like I said, post those in the window or provide them to workers to explain exactly how they plan to comply. And it is true. If you have an employee that either, let's say, declines your return to work because they're fearful, I've had Mm -hmm. questions about that, or let's say they want to return but they don't want to do anything, they don't want to be tested at the door with a temperature check, they don't want to wear a mask, those employees are going to become uh, ineligible to return because it has been um, cleared by our federal agencies that you can ask an employee to um, be tested, their their temperature tested when they come in the door and so forth. So the EEOC guidance now says, employers can conduct mandatory testing for employees of temperatures, so long as it's job related and and consistent with business necessity. So it is appropriate that you can tell your employees, look, this is how we're going to function. Um, And it's really important to communicate. And so, on my blog, which is at employerlawyer.us, I have a number of documents that are open to the public to review, um, and I post FAQs I get from from clients. But I posted some return to work kind of general guidelines, which is you follow the rules that are posted for your, you know, county or city, what have you, that apply to your industry. You have to be careful that you're looking for the rules for your industry. You have to figure out which employees should return, which employees are critical positions, meaning um, based on neutral criteria, which ones do need to come back. Um, You don't want to exclude employees that are over a certain age or have special medical needs. Those employees can speak up if they don't feel comfortable returning, but you don't want to make those decisions for them. Um, You should communicate your plans for reopening very, very clearly. You want to prepare notice of recall letters for those employees that you would like to come back. You want to obtain written declines if an employee refuses to return because that's an important factor to clarify that someone was offered the job, but they declined to return for whatever reason. They're done with their position. Right. They're fearful of returning to the workplace. There could be lots of reasons for that. And then again, like we say that safety precautions It is very important to outline those for employees. Let them know we are going to have requirements that you wear PPE. We will require all guests in the workplace to wear PPE. Some employees are concerned Mm -hmm. that, well, are the people coming into the workplace going to be protected? If I'm wearing it, what about the people coming in? You need to let them know about your cleaning precautions. You know, we are going to have a a third-party cleaning service coming in two times a day, whatever it might be. So the communication process is going to be very important as well, um, and you will have employees that will challenge you. That's just the nature of human life. Um, but it's okay to set out very specific rules, communicate it very carefully, and then expect employers employees to comply.
3: Um, no, your when, voice when... is so calm, Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> You are so calm, and I'm just following you going, okay, yeah. okay. okay. I, say, I was
2: thinking the same thing. I was thinking the yeah. exact same thing. She's so calm. Everybody around her is freaking out, and she's so calm, which is which is good. We need right. an anchor in the storm. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what, it's a scary time, thing, and Lynn, I absolutely they, understand that.
1: One thing that you mentioned is that, that you know, their human life, uh, it, it, the nature of human life is that people are going to uh, have questions and concerns and and some pushback. There has been in the, in the general press some reports of employees perhaps declining to go back to work because they're making more money uh, mm-hmm. being on unemployment. And can you Absolutely. confirm or deny that? And what what do you think? the general climate is going to be towards the end of July when those, those, those extra payments for unemployment are going to be running out.
0: Yeah, definitely a good question. Um, you know, when, when Congress debated the cares act, they actually spoke about the fact that some employees were going to make more on unemployment than they would by working. They debated that on the floor and they decided to move ahead anyway Um, So that is uh, something that has been a bit of a challenge for some employers. Um, So if you offer a role to an employee who has been working um, or unable to work from home, they've been home and you, you offer them to return to work, again, if they decline, you wanna get that in writing because you need to protect yourself to be clear that the job was offered and it was declined. What a lot of employees don't realize is that then makes them ineligible for unemployment. So if you are ready, yeah, if you are ready, willing, and able to work, and your employer says, "Come on back," and you say, "No, thank you," now your employer is obligated to respond to the EDD that you were offered work and you declined it, and you want to have that in writing because that's just better practices for your own business So you wanna be clear what you offered. So you wanna put these offered return to work in writing and you want the employee to check a box at the bottom of the letter. Yes, I will be returning. No, I decline to return. And once they decline to return, you terminate them through the system, but you do have an obligation to advise EDD that they have refused to return.
2: Uh, you know, right. Lynn, I like I like that. It's very it's very straightforward. It's very straightforward. It's very clear cut. I like that. I, yeah. that. that 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 sounds like it's it's going to be very efficient.
0: Yes, and I think employees don't some may don't realize that refusing that offer would would uh, affect their unemployment claims. And you're absolutely right. When we get to the end of July. And that additional $600 payment that is applied throughout the United States starts disappearing. Right. We're going to see a whole new level of unrest and dissension, and you know, uh, stress and concern. So, unemployment rates obviously have been skyrocketing, but they've been skyrocketing because people know that there's a pretty decent-sized payment out there. Um, an extra $600 right. a week is very significant. So when right. this changes, we'll have to see where it ends up. But I am fearful of, of what August is going to look like, to be perfectly honest.
2: Wait a minute. It's $600. I, I, is it six hundred an additional $600 a week? I thought it was $600 a month. $1,200
1: every two weeks. 1200 every two weeks, mm-hmm. Jackie. Wow. Yeah.
0: So in California, we know we have a maximum uh, benefit of um, uh, 450 a week. And on top of that, it's 600 from the Federal CARES Act, and that's through the end of July. So um, many employees that were lower wage earners do end up with a higher payment through the CARES Act supplement. Right, right. Wow. Yeah. So and they now... knew that. Congress knew that going into it, and that, that was something they decided to go ahead and allow it to happen. Um, you know, again, we'll see where that ends up. Now, if you. If you, you still have other options available to you if you're not able to return because of childcare issues or your own maybe non-COVID related disability, you know, there are still the other state benefits available, of state disability benefits, paid family leave. Um, so there are other options out there if, if you're not affected by COVID, but maybe you have other problems that you're dealing with. So keep in mind those other benefits are still valid.
2: All right. Well, Joe, we need to, we need to do a, ta- a station break. You
1: got to sneak yes, one in we there. we do. We've got to sneak one in there. And, and ladies and gentlemen, um, that's why you listen to the South Bay show for the latest information for employer, employee uh, relation information for, for uh, the latest in those openings of various businesses and all that. That's why, We're here. The South Bay Show is brought to you every Thursday morning and every Friday morning at 8 a.m. We're also available via all the smart speaker uh, apps out there, Lexa and Google and uh, 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 Siri. And uh, just recently, I I realized that uh, our relationships with Spotify and with uh, Apple Podcasts Needed to be refreshed. So I've been doing that, and uh, we're available via Apple Podcasts and also on Spotify. So you can find us everywhere, and we can bring to you the latest local, hyper local information every Thursday morning and Friday morning. And of course, you can find us on your favorite app so you can take us with you on commutes or on a run. Please join us every week. We really appreciate that. And that's just amazing, Jackie. Uh that uh you know, as as an employee if you're receiving unemployment, you could be receiving as much as, you know, $1,000 a week of unemployment. Yeah. Uh,
2: no, I, I I I didn't realize that. Uh, gosh, I should have figured out a way to apply for that. Oh well, too late now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> too late okay. now. I,
2: uh, no, if yeah. I have some you know, yes. it's Go ahead. Go ahead, Kelly. Go ahead. Go ahead, Kelly.
3: No, I was going to say, I have have a a question that, um, Jackie and Joe, you've heard me every week I say we kind of have a different theme of questions or concerns or emotion that rises up during the whole pandemic. And in the last week, and Lynn, this is kind of an emerging, you know, uh, conversation and question that's happening uh, within the chamber in our world. Uh, Everybody's asking because the news is starting to talk about how, you know, the case numbers are rising and people maybe are Mm -hmm. moving around too quickly, whatever, however it's happening. Um, If um, a business, and this could be, it could be a retail store, it could be a restaurant, it could be a large office, any business. Um, If an employee Obviously, if they come to work and they don't feel well, they're sent home, you know, immediately. They shouldn't even come in the first place. But if um, somebody in the workplace um, tests positive for COVID-19 and has been, you know, in, in the office or the store or whatever, uh, and they have been around other employees, um, what is there any regulation yet that um, an employer has to notify each and every employee? Do they have to notify customers if they can? Um, And, you know, do they have to pay to have the uh, other employees tested? Um, Because technically if one employee is positive and has been around everybody else, everybody's been exposed, doesn't mean they will be positive. But where's that liability? How much do they have to notice and do they have to pay for testing um, you have any thoughts on that? Sure. So, you know, one significant change that's happened
0: in California is on the workers' comp side, and I'll just point out that any workers' comp claims for, related to COVID-19 will result in a presumption that it's a covered injury from March 19th forward. So some employers are talking about having employees sign releases, Um, and uh, a release does not work when it comes to a a worker's comp related or a workplace injury. Just as you can't ask an employee to sign a release that they could be injured in the facility or um, fall down the stairs or get some kind of communicable disease, you you can't ask them to sign a release before they return. So I've heard some employers trying to do that, and that would never stand up in a challenge. So what has to happen is if your employee can prove that he or she was infected after being in the workplace, or presumptively, let's say, they've been working the whole time. Let's say they're a grocery worker. I represent a grocery entity in Manhattan Beach. Let's say, you know, those are essential workers. They've been working the whole time. If the employee uh, becomes ill and is tested and decides he or she is, um, uh, is, has to stay home under um, Uh, quarantine because they have the virus, Uh, that will be assumed to be a uh, workers' compensation related matter. And um, you can can apply COVID-related sick leave before TTD kicks in. So this gets very confusing for employers as well, is what to apply first. So you know that L.A., uh, city passed a COVID-related sick leave emergency measure. The county passed a sick leave measure. Um, so any COVID-related sick leave must apply before TTD kicks in. So just keep that in mind. Um, so just, just to be aware that there is no release that will protect an employer from an employee returning, which is why we go back to the original stance, which is continue to telework where possible Do not encourage employees to return unless it's necessary and required for your business. That all depends on what type of business you run. So wherever possible and feasible for your business operation, continue to encourage the employee to telework. They can come in occasionally for meetings with appropriate precautions. But, again, do not return the workplace um, in 100%. You want to come back in phases. You might want to come back in shifts you might want to come back with, obviously, just like we see our restaurants are blocking off every other table. You have to block mm-hmm. off every other cubicle, every other workstation. Um, and that's part of the protocol you're going to be seeing as you look into this information. So do be aware that the more you ask employees to return, the more you are potentially potentially subject to a workers' compensation claim.
2: Uh, Lynn, I, okay, I, I got to jump in here. So, that the the previous uh, I don't I can't remember what you called it not a waiver but when you ask somebody to come back to the workplace whether they agree to or not and you have to have them check that box and I said yeah. yeah I like that that it's straight it's straight you know it's clear and it's straight this I can see opening up a whole can of worms because quite frankly you don't ever know where you got that disease from you know what I mean you That's may right. think you picked it up in the workplace. You might have picked it up at home. You know, Absolutely. you might have picked it up yeah. at Starbucks, you know. Oh, I shouldn't yeah. have said Starbucks. Mm-hmm. They might sue me. i got to be careful. Um, <laughs> but, but No, but seriously, you you never really know where you got it. And so I can see a whole bunch of people taking advantage of that.
3: Yeah. You know, Absolutely. Uh, go back and that's to work. Something
2: and, am... and, and a week later, oh, I'm sick, I'm sick.
0: Yes, employers are going to have to be very cautious. And, and to answer the other question um, that was raised before, you know, you don't ever know where you got it. I mean, Walmart has already been sued by many customers, employees. Um, you know, many customers are going to come back and say they got it because they shopped at Walmart. Now, these are really uh, frivolous cases, and they're very hard to pr- prove causation. In order to, to win a case like that, just like you have to prove that you slipped and fell on aisle nine, You have to prove Mm -hmm. that you know you got it from that visit to Walmart. Um, Those cases are going to be filed left and right all over the country. All the big box retailers are going to have to deal with those claims. But those are not usually from employees. They're typically from customers. Mm
2: -hmm. So then on the other
0: side, for workers' comp, that's why California said, let's just presume that if you've been going to work since March 19th or any time from March 19th to the present, and you test positive, we are going to allow you to presume you got it at work. Now, is that fair? Probably not, but that's what our government has said, and that's what, this, what California has done. Um, so what happens if you do have an employee who comes down with this illness? You do have to shut down the business briefly and completely clean it and sterilize it. You do need to advise employees that someone has it, but you have to be careful. You cannot reveal their identity. You cannot provide the name of the employee who is infected. And you have to keep those results, the test information, all of that confidential. It has to stay in the confidential employee file. You can have a personnel file with all of their standard employment documentations electronically or in paper. You must keep a separate confidential file. For things like medical reviews, medical waivers, medical tests, medical releases, et cetera. And that's where that information has to go. If employees ask you who tested positive, you cannot give them that information. Wow. Hmm.
3: Okay, so um yeah and, and and to that note too, I understand that if um, you're doing temperature checks or any type of um, you know uh, protocols when people, when employees come to work that that information um, positive negative whatever or whatever your temperature is whatever has to be disposed of or are not recorded um, because obviously of HIPAA rules um, correct yeah. like you know and yeah, yeah. so um so then, okay, so I still have um, the, the question is, does, so if that happens, if there's an outbreak in um, the, the, uh, whatever business, who, do, you, do you, can you, I know you, should, I know you should shut down. I know you should clean and do all those protocols. Um, yeah. Is there any rule on making every employee get tested um, before they come back to work?
0: There is no such rule at this point that I'm aware of, and
3: you know things mm-hmm. are
0: changing daily. Sure. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
0: But <laughs> certainly, um, if any employee feels that they were exposed to that employee, let's say they know they 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 know who it was, because let's say let's say I work next to John, and John tells mm-hmm. me, "Oh, you're not going to believe this, but I I've been tested positive." I mm-hmm. know that I should go get tested because I've been working with John. My employer doesn't have to tell me to do that because right now we're only asking those that are symptomatic to not come to work and get tested. Um, Mm -hmm. There are many free tests available in in the county, obviously. Um, Drive-up testing is available and encouraged. It's been encouraged for essential workers for a long time where a grocery worker could go on the LA County website and figure out where to go for a free test. So, certain environments, you know, healthcare, grocery, et cetera, they, they've been encouraged for a long time to get testing um, if they think there has been any exposure. Um, for the most part, we've been very fortunate that our groceries, our healthcare providers very quickly implemented appropriate precautions with um, PPE, the screens that you see up in the grocery stores, you know, whether you're at Home Depot or wherever you're shopping, you see there's now. Um, the clear uh, 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 partition that keeps you somewhat away from the cashier. Um, Just being cautious in, again, you know, the best we can do for our employees is give them all the tools to stay safe, make sure there's plenty of PPE available, make sure any guests that come into the workplace are required to wear PPE. It's absolutely okay, and it's Expected that you're going to protect your employees by saying to anyone who wants to enter your business, I'm sorry, but you must wear a mask. You cannot let half of the people that come in decide not to wear the mask because that is not appropriately respectful of your employees' rights and you want to be sure you are being as careful as we can in these days because we are not out of the woods. We we have a ways to go on this, and we're really hoping that these numbers don't continue to increase.
2: Um, I, I, this is a little bit out of left field. Um, I've, I've been reading about how maybe people with certain blood types, uh, O positive or O negative, might be naturally immune to the disease. And then there's the other question of uh, you had it and you went and you had an antibody test
0: mm-hmm. and you have
2: antibodies for coronavirus too. Would those, would those situations warrant, like if I, if I had it and now I have the antibodies, I don't have to wear a mask? Do, uh, uh, anything like that coming up?
1: Yeah, that's a good
0: question. We don't have enough official guidance on that yet to Mm. make that decision. So we do need to require everybody to to follow the protocols and follow the rules that have been set up. And you're right, that may change. And as uh, we learn more information, those rules would be adjusted by the county health department. Um, But at this point, we don't know how all of that works. Um, There's a lot of rumors flying around about who – could get it, who can't get it, Um, it's probably best for everybody just to act precautiously and, you know, just ensure that we're not spreading this. And the last place we want to spread it is back at work because, like Kelly said, our local businesses cannot afford another shutdown. You know, it was so disheartening to see them have to board up during the potential um, riots and protests to think they just got word they could reopen and they had to board up. Now, getting where you can reopen requires you to pay for your employees to come back for training, to invest in PPE, to invest in materials in the workplace to safely accommodate guests. It requires business owners to jump through so many hoops to reopen and a lot of extra expenses and to have to shut down again for the protest potential readiness was just so sad to see but hopefully that's behind us and hopefully we're at a point where employers can move forward. There's a couple things I wanted to point out before we finish up um, because I'm seeing, I will say one side issue of the pandemic is that plaintiff's lawyers have had a lot of time on their hands. The courts were closed and they have been looking for things to do. And so I hate to also bring this up, but I do want employers to be very cautious when you have employees working from home in whatever capacity, wherever they're at, you must be very careful that you're reimbursing their business expenses. So be sure that you are asking them to submit expenses for Internet access, computer components they had to buy, headsets, you know, mobile phone usage, office supplies. The employer is obligated under the labor code to provide all of those items. So don't just assume that your employee didn't mind that they had to cover their job from home during this interim, you do want to reimburse those expenses. Also, just be very aware, again, that all non-exempt employees, um, meaning hourly employees, have to record all hours worked. They have to record meal periods, even when they're working from home. So be very, very clear with your employees that all of the wage and hour rules apply, even when they're working from home. Um, There's going to be a lot of challenges with returning to work as far as accommodations. Um, Employees that come back and say they've got this disability or this issue or this concern, you really want to have someone in the workplace who is designated to address reasonable accommodations and leave requests, someone who preferably has some training or some background, or you just want to rely on a trusted resource to address those types of issues. Um, What if an employee says, I can't return to work, I'm too afraid, and I believe that the workplace is unsafe. Well, OSHA has a very strict standard about safety in the workplace. Um, If there's some belief that a danger cannot be eliminated for that employee, um, the reasonable person would agree that there isn't time to get an OSHA inspection scheduled, you probably need to accept that that employee might have the right to refuse to return to work. There are going to be people that are very, very cautious and afraid of what could happen. So you want to treat those situations very carefully. Um, That's very different from someone saying, I'm not coming back because I really like unemployment or I like going to the beach every day or I just can't come back because of childcare issues or whatever it might be. So keep that in mind as well.
2: Oh, my goodness, there's a lot. There's a lot yeah. to, to consider, you know it's There's it's bad enough that the you know some of the big companies you know they they can they can afford this, you know they have the staff to make sure all this stuff is happening uh Joe and Kelly, and I talk to small business owners every week, you know, and we always talk right. about how you have a great idea, oh, I have this fabulous muffin recipe I'm going to open a little bakery and sell them but then you also have to be an accountant you have to deal you know you have to deal with accounting you have to deal with the law you have to deal with insurance you have to you have to deal with all this other and now all of this on top of that is just it's just making it so hard for the small business it, it, you know, I feel for them I, I feel for every one of them
0: yeah it's very I, complicated
1: I'm sorry go on Lynn
0: no, no, it's okay. Um, it, it, it is very complicated, but I do encourage employers to, um, you know, spend some time looking at the resources that are available from our um, our uh, state, uh, our, the Division of Industrial Relations, um, dir.ca.gov. They have some really great resources as far as Um, what to do about paid sick time issues and how to return employees to work and um, how to address various wage and hour issues that come up in the workplace. Um, So there are wonderful resources out there. Um, Sometimes you just have to spend some time looking for it. And again, I post lots of free resources on my website. So employerlawyer.us, feel free to look there um, for FAQs. I figure if I'm getting... Five employers asking me the same questions. Everybody has the same questions, yes. so I'm going to post. <laughs> yes. I'm going to post them because they're all yes. asking the same. So I try to put things out there that are useful. Well,
2: I know Kelly so- has been putting similar links out in her newsletters and on the chamber page, um, and I received that information as well. Just last week, I posted uh, links to. You were talking earlier, Lynn, about the type of business, like for warehouse guidance and protocols link here for day camps link here for, you know, so the information is out there. Um, and if you go to employer lawyer, you're going to find it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We, we just have basically a minute, a minute and a half left. Lynn, can you say anything definitive, uh, from your base of clients, from your, from your, uh, uh, research, Is our economy going to open before we get some significant uh, vaccine? Because we now know there are three vaccines that are in in phase three trials. Phase three means Mm -hmm. their efficacy has been more or less proven, their safety has been more or less proven, and now we're going into larger trials. I think ten thousand people over three different vaccines to to basically gather numbers and and make the final decision but still those vaccines are not going to be released until perhaps first quarter uh 2021 so can american business survive long term like until the first quarter of next year in this environment Mm,
0: that's a really good question and if i wish i had that crystal ball to answer that uh But I do think at this point, you know, as long as our businesses just are acting as carefully as they can. If you're a little business, that means nobody comes in your facility or your restaurant or your shop without the appropriate protocols, without wearing a mask other than when they're eating. We all have to be diligent about following the rules because it will help prevent a significant resurgence of this virus. So I know, be very vigilant about, do your employees need to come back to work? Can they keep working from home? We know it's not ideal, but it is safer. And when you reopen, um, what are the appropriate standards? How many employees do you want to have in the office at a time? What's the safe number? How can you best control cleaning of common areas like the kitchen and the bathrooms and so forth? And just be very mindful and move slowly, I think, is the best advice. Do not rush back to business as usual because the truth is we're not in a business as usual scenario.
2: Lynn, can you give us your contact information again, phone number, website, email, anything you want to give out?
0: Sure. Um, My website is probably the best source. It's just employerlawyer.us. And uh, there's a contact page. You can reach out to me if you would like to discuss anything further. But thank you for having me.
2: Oh,
1: it's Fantastic. been enlightening. <laughs> Lynn Hook, employer, lawyer. Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: You're very welcome.
1: And uh, Kelly, Jackie, it's, it's time to weekend.
3: We got some weekending to do.
1: Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Thank
3: you, everybody. Have a a wonderful, healthy, and safe weekend.
1: You too. All right. All right. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you on the flip side. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.